0: All right. Well, good morning, Highland Park family, and hello to the uh, folks sitting in the overflow uh, next door. Glad you guys are with us. And we are just so, so excited to launch this whole new thing that we are doing. It's more than just a series. We want it to be a movement. We want it to be action within our hearts. And, um, and we're so glad that you are here with us. I brought my friend uh, Tyler to help me Tell you a story. Uh, Tyler is trained in letting the balloon out of, or letting the air out of balloons at just the right time. And so don't try this at home. Uh, It's very dangerous, but Tyler's going to help me tell the story. So Tyler, the deal is when I point to you, I just need you to make it do the squeaky thing. Got it? So here's the story. I was about Tyler's age. Uh, maybe a little older, and our family went camping. And there were several other families that went camping, and we got there. We saw that there was a, a lot of hiking trails. So a bunch of us boys started in, to explore, and we went hiking, and we found a cave. And we did what good little boys do. We went inside the cave, and in the cave, there was kind of a neat little room in there. Only one of the seven or eight of us had a flashlight because we were kind of knuckleheads. But one, of, one guy at least had a, a flashlight, was shining it around. And then we looked over in the side, and there was a little crevice that you could kind of fit through just barely. Like good little boys, we decided we should go there. Uh, we did kind of look to make sure it was safe. There was no water. It just seemed like it was narrow. So we were walking in this narrow little passage, and I could only see when the guy behind me, when his flashlight happened to kind of go, when the light kind of went in front of me a little bit. But other than that, it just got completely dark. And so we're all kind of walking real slow between this, between the walls, and All of a sudden, we heard this noise. Oh wait, hang on. We're gonna have to do the two-handed thing. Excuse me, one moment. Okay, here, do the. You got the two hands. Yes. Okay. Stop. That's the noise we heard. And when we were walking, we just froze. And we're like, "What is that noise?" And we we looked around. And the guy with the flashlight was shining, and we're like, hey, was that you? Was it wasn't me. Was it you? Was not me? Was it? And then all of a sudden, once again, we heard, and we're like, what? What could that be? And we started passing the flashlight around and looking around. Was it you? Was it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. And we, were, we started handing the flashlight up from one person to the other, and we were looking all around, and my friend Kurt got it, and he got the flashlight, and he pointed it down on the ground, and when he pointed it down on the ground, once again, we heard the noise, And we were like, what is that? It's like it's coming from us. And Kurt said, I know what it is. Look. And we looked down, and he was standing on a bat. And then once again, we heard this noise. Except this time, it was all of us boys screaming, (laughs) not the bat. And um, uh, so, hey, everybody give Tyler a hand. Good job. Thank you, Tyler. You can have a seat. Good job. Um, Oh, almost got him. Souvenir. Lots of our world is kind of like those boys, me, in the cave. Our world is walking through this darkness without anybody at all, maybe not even one person that has a flashlight. And the, the way that that happens is when people try to live their life without Jesus, when people try to live their life without the truth of the Bible and God's word, it's the same thing as walking in the dark. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're stepping on. You don't know what's behind the next corner. It's just like you're walking in the dark. And so what we need is to be people of light, not just so that we can see ourselves, but so that we can help other people see the light and know where to go. And do you know what the one thing is that will really help your light shine? It's verbs. Verbs. Now, I never really liked English grammar, But I loved writing stories and papers and essays. I actually loved doing all that. And as it turns out, I still kind of love to write all the time. But you have to learn the grammar part in order to write the stories. And so uh, I just need to teach you just really quickly, make sure we're all on the same page with what a verb is in this sentence. Superman rescued Lois. The verb would be rescued. It's an action verb. And the verb means everything, because if that verb was changed, it could be Superman ignored Lois. Changes everything. Superman dropped Lois. Oops. <laughs> Superman tripped Lois. If you change the verb, you change everything about what you think about Superman, and you kind of change the destiny for Lois as well. So the verbs matter. And here's the thing. Nouns need verbs. Nouns need verbs. It's one thing to say, I'm a Christian. Christian is a noun. But a Christian is not a Christian unless that Christian has a bunch of verbs that they are doing. Verbs like love, give, serve, follow. Jesus loved those kind of verbs. Do you know what you have if you have a noun without a verb? You have a hypocrite. You have a fake. You have a giver... Who never gives a lover who never loves, a follower who never follows, a servant who never serves. Nouns need verbs. And in first John chapter one, there's a whole bunch of verbs. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. We're going to be studying through this book as well as Second John and third John. and I'm going to read several different verses from first John and listen to the verbs. First John 1, verse one. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Verse 5, this is a message we have heard from Him and declare to you, God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all uh, all unrighteousness. Now look over at chapter 2, verse 10. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Did you hear all the verbs there that are so important? In Jesus' day, there was this big social conflict. There was this big division uh, in that world. And it was this, that Jews... Hated, did you hear that verb? Jews hated the Samaritans, and the Samaritans hated the Jews. It was racial strife. They did not like to be with each other, spoke poorly about each other. And not only that, but in Jesus' day, the men really looked down upon women way too often. Women were not treated as equals, and so Men would not even be out in public socializing with women and visiting with them, uh, taking care of them. And, And beyond that, there was another separation. It was that the people who thought that they were all religious and good and holy and all the good church people, they looked sometimes down upon the people who were kind of a mess, who had lots of sin in their lives. So in this crazy story in John 4, Jesus, who is a Jew, sees a Samaritan. Jews are supposed to hate Samaritans. Jesus is a man, she's a woman. not supposed to really hang out with a woman um, in a place like that and just out in broad daylight there and go up and visit with her. And Jesus is the only perfect man who really ever lived. And this woman, her life is a mess. She's been married and divorced and married and divorced and married and just over and over again. And now she's with another man and everybody knows about her. And Jesus goes and he just sits down next with her. And begins to visit with her, to listen and to talk and care for her. By the time their conversation is over, she is a follower of Jesus. She believes in Jesus. She knows God cares for her. And by the time the sun goes down, a bunch of her town is the same way because she goes and she tells everybody, you've got you to gotta meet this man. <laughs> Jesus did a bunch of verbs. He sat. He talked. He surprised the disciples who were there. Lots of verbs, and this would be a good week for our city to do a bunch of those same verbs. We're really sad, and our church is sad for our city uh, because of what happened, a tragedy, uh, just about seven miles north and a little bit west of where you're sitting right now. And we recognize that this issue is beyond Tulsa, and that's why it's become so heated, because it kind of gets bigger than that. And we recognize that there's some big, broad issues that our church and the church in general needs to speak into and be involved with and and issues of justice and truth and forgiveness and reconciliation and love and care and all of those things. We recognize all of that. And I was thinking about that, but this week I was also just thinking about verbs. And I thought, what are some of the verbs I need to practice this week? And so on Tuesday morning... I was thinking about my friend who preaches at a church uh, very near where the shooting took place. And I thought, man, I bet you he's going through the ringer this week. I bet you it's it's just a difficult week for him and for uh, his church. And I thought, I I need to encourage. And that was the verb that came to mind. I need to encourage him. And so I called him, and he didn't answer his phone, and I just drove out there and pulled in, and, and he wasn't there. And I was bummed. I was like, I... I know that I need to encourage somebody today, and so I drove down the street and found another church building, and there was a car out front. It's a real small little place, about the size of the student union building, and I just went up to a door, and I knocked on it. Nobody answered, and I knocked again, and a lady opened the door. She kind of cracked it open and peeked out to see if it was safe, and, and I introduced myself. Her, the, the church van had been broken into the night before, and she'd come in early to check it out and just decided to pray and Read her Bible, and so I said, "Hey, I'm from Highland Park Christian Church, and you know we're just, uh, you know, six or seven miles away from you. And I just want you to know that we know that you've got to be going through a lot in this neighborhood, and we care for you, and we love you, and and if there's anything we can do, we we'd like to help." And uh, she invited me, and she had been praying, walking around the seats, and just praying for the people that she could imagine who were in their neighborhood, uh, feeling lots of emotions and. We visited for a long time, and before uh, I left, I asked, can I pray for you? And she said, thank you. You have really encouraged me. And she invited me to come back to a prayer time with a number of church leaders from that area, and uh, so Matt and Jose were able to join me Thursday morning early and just to meet with church leaders in that area and to pray, and to care for each other, and I was so encouraged. I was more encouraged than I was able to encourage them because I saw their hearts for Jesus and trying to preach love and reconciliation and hope and realize that Jesus is the only answer for all of the troubles in this world and the troubles in that neighborhood and the troubles in Tulsa. And it was so encouraging uh, to do that. And I realized that there was this lady who was different than me, and we looked different and have different backgrounds, but she's my sister in Christ. There's really no difference. And I wanted to encourage her um, the next day I was eating at Quiznos, and I was reading this book, Jesus Prom, which I uh, will read a story from in a little bit, and I was thinking about verbs, and I saw a police officer walk in, and, and I was thinking, man, I bet you it's a tough week for him, and I'd already spoken to um, a police officer or two and tried to encourage them, and the, the verb that came to mind was pay, and so right before he could pay for his lunch, I kind of butted in front and said, hey, here's some money. I'd like to buy this guy's lunch, and he said, well, you don't have to do that, and I said, I, I want you to know that our church is praying for you, and we care for you, and we're concerned about the city, and uh, thank you for your concern as well, and just tried to encourage him, and I know that Dave Dunson from staff here has spent some time, and will be spending more time offering prayer, and comfort, and encouragement to uh, our law enforcement officials uh, who are hurting today as well, we need to figure out what verbs God has in mind for us. And sometimes we get so caught up in like the grand stories and all these big themes, and we can't change them in just one day. And maybe sometimes God just says, love somebody today. And if we did that and did that and did that and did that, our world would begin to look very different. 1 John 1.7 says, if we walk in the light... As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. It's a beautiful thing to follow Jesus. It's one of the best verbs. I want to talk about a few of those verbs. That, that verb follow means a lot, and uh, I, I want to just read a little excerpt from this book called Jesus Prom by John Weiss. Um, the title comes from an event that they do for uh, those that may have disabilities in their community, and they do a big prom for them every year, and it's a big deal, just try to love on people, and that's the title of the book. But there are so many just practical ideas and inspiration for loving people coming from this. Some of you are in a small group or class that's going through it, but I can't retell this story better than I can read it, so we're just going to do a little story time with Brian here, okay? Here's John Weiss writing, When I was in the fourth grade, I was invited to a birthday party at Chris's house. I was excited because it was the first birthday party I'd ever been to where girls had also been invited. Specifically, Sarah Grossnickel had been invited. Her last name is a bit unfortunate, but she was stunning and she had braces. I don't know. I don't know why I was so enamored with Braces as a kid, but I was. Maybe the thought of having rubber bands in my mouth seemed so handy to me. Or maybe it was the thought of having a girl in my class with straight teeth one day. I just know I was head over heels in love with Sarah Grossnickel. I sent her several notes in class with a box to check yes, no, or maybe. On two separate occasions, she checked maybe. But I was, ab- I was about to give her a reason to check the box that said yes, Everyone in my class was standing on the deck in Chris's backyard. His parents were putting in a pool and had dug a huge hole, and there was a large pile of dirt about 10 feet from the deck. So as 10-year-old boys do, a dare was thrown out. Who wants to play follow the leader? I was eating a box of junior mints when I accepted the dare. It was easily my third or fourth box. I wanted to set the bar high, so, so high no one would be able to follow me. So I marked off my steps. The drum roll began. And Sarah smiled at me, which was all the motivation I needed. I could actually hear the song, You're the Inspiration by Chicago, playing in my mind as I took off running. With speed and momentum, I planted my right foot on the railing of the deck to jump. However, the railing gave way. Instead of going up, I went down. Fortunately for me, a nail caught the edge of my pants and slowed me down. Unfortunately for me, that nail ripped my pants completely off. (laughs) and I went sailing headfirst into a pile of bricks stacked neatly below the deck. When I came to, I was headed for the emergency room, I was sitting in my frugal looms in the back of a Cadillac with leather interior, and my junior mints were not agreeing with me. All right. John goes on to say, Somewhere between that deck and my desk right now, I've quit jumping as much. And and maybe you might say, well, that's maturity and wisdom, and sometimes that's true. We learn from some of our silly mistakes. But sometimes it's not all that great that we quit jumping because Jesus has called us to take some risk and to jump and to love people even when it feels risky. See, there's all of these verbs uh, in the Bible, and sometimes we kind of get caught up on all of the do-nots. There are all, There's a lot of do-nots in the Bible, you know, Do not steal, do not lie, and I'm so glad that they are there. But sometimes we only think about those and we forget about the do's. That we do love people and that we ought to be kind to all people. And the Bible is full of all of those as well. We need to follow. And even when that takes means we're taking some risk. Lex Gillette became blind at the age of eight. I can't imagine what that was like. But his blindness did not slow him down. And Lex was asked by a track coach if he would consider trying out for the long jump. Can you imagine doing the long jump blind? And Lex began practicing and doing this. And the way that he would do it was he would measure his steps just exactly so he knew how many steps from where he started to where that little board is where you're supposed to take off. And he had a friend or a coach who would stand right in the middle and say, fly, 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 fly. And Lex would hear his voice and he would run right to that voice. And at the last second, the coach would step out of the way because Lex would come right through. Now Lex has had a few jumps where he went off and he had some pretty hard crashes. But he would get back up and he would keep following that voice and his dream. And you know what I know? Lex can jump a whole lot farther than you. You want to see Lex jump? Watch this short little video of Lex jumping. So... He got a silver medal in the Paralympics at Brazil two weeks ago. Isn't that cool? And just because the videos doesn't really always do it justice, if Lex jumped from where I'm standing right now, he would hit that wall. (laughs) It's a pretty far jump, isn't it? And I love that he has kept following that voice and that dream. Even when there's lots of reasons to quit doing things, he's gone forward. You know you're following Jesus when you're in the light There's so many times in 1 John that it says, follow his commands. Do what he tells you to do. And if you're doing those things, you can safely say, I'm in the light. I'm following Jesus. A couple other verbs that show up here are confess and proclaim. Confess and proclaim that we are to confess our sins to God. We are to confess to God, I need you. I can't fix myself. I can't handle my own sins. And I need you, so we confess to God and then we proclaim God's goodness to everybody else. Maybe some of you have never confessed to God that you need him. And he's always open and willing for you to say, God, I need you. And he will say, come to me and let's be baptized and you can walk in me and follow my footsteps from here on and I'll forgive all your sins. Some of you have confessed, but maybe you've quit proclaiming. and Maybe you've quit taking the jump to initiate a conversation with somebody, to invite somebody, to pray for somebody. I know this. Every time I say, God, would you put somebody in my life who I need to proclaim, who I need to tell you about? He answers that prayer every single time, and I believe he will for you. Confess and proclaim. But do you know what the biggest verb in the Bible is? It's the biggest verb in this book. It's the verb love. It's all throughout scripture in fact just in this little tiny book first john shows up 46 times in fact one section in first john just at the, the people who wrote this version of the bible i mean it's actually titled more on love so it's like here's a section on love and another section on love and here's even more here, more stuff on love there's all this love in this book and in the bible uh, john here in the book calls it an old command it's like you you've heard it before I mean, if, you're, if you've read anything in Scripture, if you know anything of Jesus, anything of God, you know that he keeps telling us to love him and to love other people. Jesus says the greatest command is to love God and the second greatest command is to love other people. It's pretty simple. Love. First John 3.1. Our family's been trying to memorize this one. What great love the Father has lavished on us. That word lavish, it isn't just like, hey, here, here's a little something. It's like, Dumping elaborately all of this love on you. That's what God has done. How great the love the Father has lavished on us, and because He's loved us, we, that we shall be called children of God. And that is what we are. Isn't that good news, church? That God has just dumped down all of His love Upon you, what a beautiful thing. And first John 4:11 says, "Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another." First John 4:12 says, "No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. So people may not be walking around that you're friends with, and, and then they say, "Well, I can't see God, but when they see you loving them, they get a glimpse of God's love for them. Don't you want your friends to get a glimpse of God's love? Our prayer is that over the course of the next six weeks, that you and I will love God significantly more, and we will love other people significantly more. We want God's love to just uh, explode into us and out from us over the next six weeks and beyond. You know, the church is known for many things, and I'm not just talking about Highland Park. Highland Park is, is known in this community as a partner in education with Hoover and someone who's interested in caring for the poor. And I, and I, and as a church that helps people who are in emotional crisis with Stephen ministers and lots of things. And if somebody was to describe Highland Park and say, I'm not all, I'm not really sure what it all is about Highland Park, but I know this one thing, they sure do love people a lot. I'd be pretty happy. What if the church was known not Not just for all the things that we're against. Like if you watch the news, you find out all the things that churches are maybe against, and that kind of becomes uh, how we're always, you know, thought of. But what if instead we were simply known as the people who love? Over the next six weeks, would you help Highland Park and help God's big church be known as the people who love by how we love other people? So, we want to give you some practical steps to take, all right, uh, the First John is action-oriented, verbs all over the place. And it would not be right for me to stand up here and just teach or preach and then just say, this is all kind of an intellectual exercise. And I know uh, we've gone through some really heavy stuff during the Tough Questions series. And this series is going to be heavy, but it's going to be heavy also in action. In that we just have to put some action verbs to what we're doing. So we want to help you. We want to give you some ways that you can grow in your love for God and your love for other people, and let me tell you what those are. First is this. Some of you are already doing this, so you're ahead of the game, but we want to encourage you to be part of a group or a class. Um, Many people are reading the book, um, Jesus Prom, and we may have a few of those left. We may be sold out of these, actually, but you can find them at any bookstore. You can order them online, and it's a great book just to give you some ideas about how to love other people, but... Uh, If you are part of a group or a class or a Bible study that's getting together, I want you to just be reminded of this. The main reason that you are in that, the main reason that class and that group exist is so that you can love those people. There's a whole lot of other reasons to study God's Word, and uh, to serve together, and to have fun together, but the primary reason that you are a part of a class or a group is so that you will love those people with the love God has given you, because it's hard to love, you know, the 200, 250 people that are in here today, because it's just too many. You can't, you can't squeeze it into your calendar to love everyone here this week, but you could love one person or two people or somebody in your group or in your class, and we want you to be part of those, and you can go down to Connecting Point afterwards, and we'll help you find a class or a group or a study. There's lots of those that are going on. The second, just a little bit of application, that a way that you can love, is to wear it. So we're just going to be really practical. A couple ways. You can wear it on your, on your body. We have T-shirts with the logo, and they're really cool. Caleb Stewart. Uh, One of our students from here designed it, and it just says the people who love. It's got the little logo, and it might be a great conversation for a whole bunch of us to get those T-shirts. We'll have them over there for the next couple weeks, and to wear them all over the place. And when people say, well, what is that? Say, well, we want to be known as the people who love. How can I help you today? That would be a great start. Also, uh, um, and this may be a little bit uh, beyond just a few of us, but if you are tech savvy, we want you to wear it on your phone. Make it your wallpaper. And for all of you adults who don't know how to do this, our teenagers are available 24-7 <laughs> right afterwards. Bring them your phone. Just give it to them. They'll hand it back to you in about 30 seconds, and you won't have to worry about it, all right? So just do that. Um, that image is on our website, so you can download it. And I like it now that every time I pick up my phone, I see this image on it. Um, that's really helpful. If, uh, um, if you aren't quite that tech-savvy, Um, print it and put it on your refrigerator and that works great too um, because if we're not looking at our phones we're typically looking at our refrigerators anyway and so uh, just remind yourself as best as best you can here's the third one and here's really the big one that we just wanted to land on for a second today in the seat back in front of you or maybe right underneath you it's not in every seat but it's in about three out of four seats there is a big envelope uh or just a, a regular letter size envelope. You all see that? I'm going to pick one up right here. And don't open it yet. Don't do it. All right, it's, it's one of these. And uh, our students have done something like this at CIY Move Conference sometimes. And we've done something like this here a number of years ago. But here, let me tell you about this. This is a love challenge. And here's how this works. Inside your envelope is a card. On that card are two ways that you could love somebody. Might be somebody from Highland Park, might be somebody different. And you, if you open this, are committing to doing one or the other of those ideas. If you don't open it, yeah, no big deal. But if you open it, you got to do one of the two. Now, with that said, you might modify it or edit it, or it might give you an idea for how to do something bigger or better. Um, but you could open this as a family, and your family do this. You could open this as an individual. You could open it with a friend. Um, Maybe several people in your class or small group or several friends want to open it and then kind of think, how can we make this bigger um, than just me, but all of us together will, will work on this, and maybe you'll have an idea that's not on here, and we want you to do those too, but here's what I can tell you about them. Every single idea, every single card has stuff on here uh, that would not cost you money, and every single one has at least one idea uh, that does not require a good back, okay? Uh, really, we wanted to put stuff so that anybody could do it, regardless of if you have a little extra money that you could give or uh, what you might be able to do physically, so it's not like every one of these is go load bricks, okay? Um, every one of these is doable for most of us, and every card has at least one option that's doable for everybody and anybody. And there's stuff that it's not going to take a year of planning. It's stuff that you could do this week. And maybe you want to wait for a couple more weeks, and there's a few of those, and that's fine. Um, but there's basically three cards circulating, and we just mixed and matched them. And so you got you know, a one-third chance of getting the same as somebody you know, next to you, and that's fine. So we would love for you to open these, and we would love for you to look at them with your family... And we would love for you to take them home. If you complete one this week, we'll have another big stack outside, and you can open more. If you want to, I'm just going to give you a minute. If you want to open it, open it. That's fine. Half of you are opening them anyway. I don't even know why I'm here. (laughs) If you have four kids like me, your family might want to just open one to begin with. It says this on the bottom of the card, but we're going to ask for one of the ways that you help us just love our community and kind of spread love to a world that needs love spread. If if you are on social media, hashtag Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, whatever you're on, HP Loves. Use that little hashtag. It shows you how on the card if you don't know how. But that way, lots of other people will be like, ooh, what's going on there? I would like to see that. So if, uh, if that... Is something that you're on social media, then use that hashtag. I would love to see hundreds of hashtags with those things going up in the next few weeks. That would be encouraging to people. Okay. What I'm going to ask you to do is not think about the card much more for a moment, but you're going to have a chance to figure this out later and to be praying about it later. But here's what I want to tell you about love doing stuff certainly helps. Seeing love certainly helps. But the only way that we can really change the world and that we can change ourselves is if we say, God, would you change me? We can do lots of actions and good things, and they're all great. But the bottom line is, it is only God who changes our hearts. And we need to ask, God, would you change my heart from the inside out so that I can love you like you've called me to love you, and so that I can love other people like you've called me to love other people. And we pray that we can be people who are known for our love. Would you stand up and let me pray for us? God, I thank you for your great love for us that you have lavished upon us, that you've just not held anything back. Thank you. And God, I I pray that we can take that love and be a light to our world, to our city, to our community, our family, our friends, I pray that we can be the people who love. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we sing, if you would like to come up and and ask somebody to pray for you, um, we have some folks that would be down here that would be glad to pray with you, Um, just even silently up here at front. If you uh, think, man, I've never confessed to God and followed him, then this morning could be your morning. And we would love to meet you down here during this next song or, or just once the service is over.